Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. If you've had any exposure whatsoever to the Christian faith, you've probably heard or even repeated this prayer. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 says, It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And he, Jesus, said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Now, in response to the disciples' request, Jesus gave this prayer as a model teaching them to pray. You know, um, as a model is the key word there. We may, as I said, have heard or repeated this prayer in church at some point in the game. Nothing wrong with doing that. As a matter of fact, I think it's, it's a good thing when done right and in the right context. But when it was original, originally given by Jesus to his disciples... He was doing it to give them an example and a model by which to pray. This, by the way, here in Luke 11, is the second time that Jesus gave this model. The first was on the Sermon in, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, and that is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Before I look at that, I just want to say this, and I want you to hear hear it very clearly. If you're listening to this podcast today, you obviously have an interest in, in prayer and in improving your prayer life. And I want to tell you what the Scripture says. The Scripture tells us that effective prayer, effective prayer, there's a key word, effective, effective prayer of the righteous can accomplish much. James chapter 5 verse 16 says it this way, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. And there it was uh, talking about uh, physical healing. Uh, It could be extended to any kind of healing, I'm certain. And then it goes on to say, The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Now you say, well, uh, you know, that's in the Bible, and there were all these great guys that uh, prayed, and they got their prayers answered. But I'm just just a regular old person, just a regular guy, just a regular gal. Listen to what verse 17 says. Elijah, that's the prophet there, was a man with a nature like ours. I want you to get that. He was a man with a nature like ours. He did not, uh, he was not some kind of a superstar. He had the same ups and downs that you and I have. And it says, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. And the point of that uh, passage is the effective prayer of a righteous person can accomplish much, because we are relying on an all mighty, awesome God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 
says uh, uh, something that is very, very important. It says, Now to Him, God, who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And that power, of course, is the power of Almighty God. God can do far more than we ask or that we even think that we can even comprehend. The effective prayer of the righteous can accomplish much. Now, Let's find out what effective prayer is, and it's and it can be seen again here in this model that the Lord Jesus gave, um, and and this this model is what we're going to look at, and and we're going to unpack its meaning as best as best as we can. So let's begin in Matthew chapter six verse nine. It says, "Pray then in this way." This is how you need to. Uh, go in your prayers. This is the model that you need to follow. Our Father who is in heaven. Let's just start right there with the Our Father. And, um, you know, when this whole Father business, when you look at other gods, so-called gods that people worshipped, they were evil, they were fearful, they were unapproachable, they were never thought of in terms of fatherhood. But here we have our Father. It is not my Father. I want to make it clear. It is not my Father because only Jesus could could uh, call Him my Father. In that very unique and special relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus part of the triune Godhead. Uh, in Matthew twenty six twenty nine, He called Him my Father. In John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. You and I cannot say that. Uh, we are not divine. We are created. We are mortal. Uh, we, we are not God. But Jesus said, I and the Father are one. In John 20, verse 17, He talked again about my Father. So we do not approach it in that same way. Uh, but we are a part of a family of believers. It is our Father. Uh, there are others who aren't. When you talk about um, our Father, uh, you know, people talk about uh, unsaved people uh, say that God is the Father of all. There is some truth in that, in the, in the fact that God is everyone's Creator, in that sense, God is everyone's Father, and only in that sense, as Creator. But for believers, we have a special family relationship. We're a part of the forever family of God uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. We uh, got into that family by being born again into that family through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are others who aren't a part of that family. John chapter 8, verse 44 uh, Jesus talking to uh, the religious uh, Pharisees uh, who were coming against him. And he said, you are of your father, the devil. And so those that do not have that uh, personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, those who are not in the family of God, their father is not God in that sense. It is very, very clear. Let me just mention something about this word father, which was um, originally written in, in uh, Koine Greek. The Greek word is pater, P-A-T-E-R, pater, from which we get father. The Aramaic word would have been Abba, Abba Father. Maybe you've heard about that, uh, the dearest daddy. It is a term of endearment, our dearest father, our dearest daddy. That, that uh, term 
implies relationship. And we have that special relationship with Almighty God. Uh, we are a part of His family. It, Im- it implies provision. A good father provides. And could I just uh, push the pause button here for a second and say, I understand that there are probably people listening to this podcast today who did not have a good relationship with their earthly father. Maybe your father uh, totally abandoned you, never was in your life. Maybe you had a father that was in your life, but he really wasn't there. There and active in the way that a father should. Maybe even some of you had a father that was abusive and verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, maybe even physically or sexually abusive. And my heart goes out to you uh, when those of you that have that kind of relationship. And so by the grace of God, you've got to understand, you've got to be able to, to uh, rise above that, those thoughts and that understanding and that experience to see that we have a heavenly father that is not abusive, a heavenly father that, that, that loves us, a heavenly father that provides all of our needs. Nothing we have comes from ourselves or from the devil. It comes from the Father. All good gifts come down from the Father of lights. And He is a Father who protects us. Your earthly dad may not have been in that mode, may not have protected you, but our Father protects us. We are in His hand and no one can snatch us out of His hand. And a good Father disciplines. And and that is not just in a, a matter of, of spanking, but uh, but it is a matter of correcting and of teaching. And, and of, of helping us to be better. And that's what our Father is. And so as we come to God in prayer, as we begin in prayer, we can't just rush in uh, and, and start to off with our grocery list. But we need to realize to whom we are speaking and to whom we have access. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, uh, 365 days a year, we have access to our loving Heavenly Father, our Abba Father, and and uh, we have that uh, secure relationship with him and we've got to understand that our father who is in heaven literally in the heavens his ways are higher than ours the prophet said he is the transcendent god we've got to understand that god we, who we're talking to here we're talking to the uh, almighty highly exalted God. He is above us. He is the creator. We are the created. He is the redeemer. We are the redeemed. And so we come to him recognizing that we're looking up to him. And, 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 and we, as we look up to him, we saw and we see an exalted God, our father who is in heaven. And then here is the first of three petitions that are directed Godward and about God. Hallowed be your name. The second petition is your kingdom come. And the third petition is your will be done. So let's look at this. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed means holy. Holy, it it comes from a word that actually the root word there would be holy. Uh, Holy, set apart, to be revered, to be honored. And so right in the beginning... Uh, we we recognize the priority of Almighty God. You are holy. You are set apart. You are to be revered and honored. And then your name means all that God is. Uh, today, names don't mean as much as they did in that time. Your name, uh, the name of God, Exodus chapter 34 uh, Moses had an experience with God and, and God revealed himself to, to, to Moses. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him as he 
called on the name of the Lord. Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. And basically all of that is, is, is talking about the attributes, the characteristics of Almighty God. And in the name of God, we recognize who He is, who we're coming to. And, and we want His name in our lives to be set apart, to be honored, to be revered, to be holy. And that's, the, uh, that's what this prayer is all about. So when we pray... We need to first look toward Almighty God and honor Him and worship Him in our prayers. Then, uh, your kingdom come is the second petition here. Uh, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. That is the rule and the reign of God. We're asking for the rule and the reign of God. And um, that would be in three ways, according to John MacArthur. In conversion, when we're saved, God comes to rule in our lives. We're converted. In, in our commitment, when we obey God rules and reigns in our lives. And finally, when Christ comes again, His kingdom is set up. And so we pray for that. We pray that His kingdom will come. And then we pray that His will will be done. And we'll talk about that on the next podcast. I hope that you're getting something that will help your prayer life. I hope that you'll think through this. And I hope that as you begin to pray, as you begin to pray, that you first honor God and recognize God as you begin and as you start to pray. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.